James, um, James chapter one. I'm going to look. I'm going to be sort of, um, sort of speaking a little bit through James this morning, um, and we're going to look at a, at a passage a bit later on. But I wanted to start with this, um, James, James chapter one. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. You know, I know that's my go-to when I when troubles come my way. You know, it's a Cool. Um, Consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when when your faith is tested, your endurance has the chance to grow. I underline chance because it's just an opportunity we have. It's a chance we can throw our toys out of the cot and and like throw ourselves to the ground as I've been accustomed to do, which then is the missing out of the opportunity of the trial and faith. But, but in those times of trouble and trial, we have a chance for our opportunity to grow. And if we take that chance, if we let it grow, um, then our endurance, um, sorry, if so let it grow, he says. Uh, for when endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. James has got a, he says a few funny things in there. He's kind of being a little bit sarcastic. Um, so if you need wisdom, ask. Like if you need it. Like, like some of us might be like, no, nah, we're all sweet, thanks. Um, that, that's why I, th- I think I'd really love James. I feel like he, he sort of has that right vibe. So if you need wisdom. If you don't think you need wisdom, you probably need wisdom more than anyone. I think that's what I, I think that would be the little preface that I'd add to it. But if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He, um, he will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as the waves of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such a person should not expect to receive anything from God. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. Do you know James' letter to, to the early church? This is one of the, uh, the earliest um, letters to, to the church. Is is So he wrote it, sorry, to the early church, but he also wrote it to us. And it is an encouragement and a challenge that we have, that we, are, that we have an opportunity, or the challenges that we look at ourselves and we look at our faith journey, that we have a faith that isn't like the waves. It is, and he reminds us that it's the very trials and the very troubles of this life. I'm going to add a little bit more. It's, it's the very politics of our age, or it's the very pandemics that we find ourselves in or going through. It's the disagreements that we have among ourselves. It's the diagnosis that we've been given by medical professionals. All of those things and so many others serve us in a way of determining am i really in this life as a follower of jesus am i really becoming more like jesus is this journey are are my actions are my choices you know if we use the language of our lent series our yeses and our noes are my yeses and my noes are they collectively producing within me the real deal do you know what i mean when i say that like like is this really 
Is my life actually being formed to be more like Jesus because of all of those things? And that's why I think Lent and this season of Lent, this yearly rhythm is so beneficial because it's exactly what it is. It's a 40-day season of examine. It's an opportunity we have that we can look at ourselves with in honesty and and authenticity and look at our faith journey in our life and say, what parts of my life, inviting the Father to give us wisdom from his perspective, but what parts of my life, what parts of my faith journey are being tossed by like the wind, being tossed like the sea? What parts of my faith journey are just being washed from here to there and everywhere? And what what hope or what invitation does have God have for us to, to allow us to be not like that, but to stand on a solid footing? That actually is just the invitation for what I wanted to speak about this morning and a bit of a plug for Lent, if you aren't already convinced. So let's turn over a bit further into James 3, and it's really what I want to look at this morning. So as we've been doing, if you haven't if you weren't here last week and you haven't had an opportunity to listen, Craig did a fantastic, fantastic Lent um, series or sermon last week. Highly recommend um, doing it. And what we've said is throughout these weekly thing, weekly messages, we want to leave each of you with a bit of an invitation or a challenge to take with you into the week ahead. So um, have a listen to Craig's. Um, and but this morning, I wanted to us to consider. Um, our words, the things that we say, there's some like, Ugh. so James uh, chapter 3, I'm going to start at the beginning. I'm going to read out of the message um, for this one. Don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is a highly responsible, is, a hi- is highly responsible work. And all the teachers said, Amen. And it's underpaid and underappreciated. No. Yes, it is. But um, Teachers are held to, a, to the strictest of standards, and none of us are perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech is perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of their life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the entire horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skillful captain set the course, can set a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off an entire forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do just that. By your speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send a whole world up in smoke, and go up and smoke with it. Smoke right from the very pit of hell. Everyone feeling encouraged? 
He carries on. This is scary. Yeah, a little bit. Um, you can tame a tiger, but you cannot tame a tongue. It has never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With your tongue, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessing out of the same mouth? My friends, this cannot go on. A spring does not gush fresh water one day and poisoned water the next. It doesn't. Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples. You're not going to dip into a polluted, muddy hole and get a fresh, clean cup of water, are you? There you go. Feeling good? Wonderful. Our words are powerful. They, they have the power to build up and they have the power to tear down. Our words have the opportunity to encourage someone or ourselves to its very core. And our words have the ability to absolutely demotivate and just knock the wind out of someone, whether it's ourselves or someone else. Our words have the power to give life, and our words have the power to cut to the very core. You know, one of the actual, you know, it's, it's incredibly sobering, and, and just like, that, that scripture should actually just cause us to pull back for a minute. It's what it was designed to do. But I think there's something even so much more, and I wanted to, to just to take a minute to, to just to think about it, is one of the staggering differences between when James wrote this, this um, letter to today is, is the advent or the reality of social media. James pulled out the the, at the beginning about teachers is because in his time, in his place, that was an incredibly powerful thing to have one person with an audience of so many people, which was a classroom, and, and to be able to have the authority to speak whatever they wanted into a group of people who may or may not be incredibly vulnerable and have, you know, and are, there's the authority of teaching. Think about it today. Think about the, the power that each of us have on social media. It is unthink, it would be unthinkable in James' time to know that one person, let alone the entire world, has the opportunity or the audience to speak into so many people. Like the warning James wanted to give, we need to take that on a hundredfold. You know, one angry moment, one drunken moment of posting or texting or writing something that we can take has the ability to stay with us forever. And not just to a classroom, but to everyone. We just cannot be careless with our words. And whether our words are a one-on-one -on -one encounter or conversation, whether our words are about someone else, a third person, whether our words are, like I say, emails or, or texts, 
or whether our words are, are the posts that we post online or the things that we say on social media or the things that other people say that we comment on or, or that we, we share on to others. It's like saying it ourselves. And the profound thing is James, James is warning to the early church. James is warning to us. They're actually just echoes of Jesus. And his striking instruction, if you've got your Bible or a device with a Bible on it, go to Matthew 12. And yes, Jesus is talking to the religious leaders of, of his day, but he says this, Let your, it's, sorry, it's your heart, not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words. A good, purchase, a good person produces good deeds and good words season after season. An evil person is a blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back and haunt you. I'm reading again from the message. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation, and words can also be your damnation. But later on in Matthew 15... He says this, it's not what is sorry, it's not what's going into your mouth that defiles you. Again, he's speaking to the religious leaders. And again, people who are who are making a, a whole lot of issues out of things that Jesus was didn't consider an issue and and of and ignoring a whole lot of things that Jesus says, these are actually the things that really make a difference. So it's not what goes into your mouth, the things that you eat that defile you. What defiles you are the words that are coming out of your mouth. You know, we have all felt the sting, the absolute pain of careless words, of harsh comments, of angry or cruel words. I, I recently had a had a was was in a bit of a meeting where where sort of the conversation and and as so often we as Kiwis we do it it's so often clothed in joking, but there's nothing funny about it and kind of I kind of have bore the bore the brunt of it and 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 sort of just it was it hurt and I came home for the meeting which was sort of I wasn't expecting it to be that way um, and Angel will test I just lied on the floor. Because it was like, it just hurt. I just had to recover. I laid in the sun for a little bit and had a coffee and, and sort of, you know, get back to it. And, and, you, and you recover and you pray and you, you think not very nice things. And then you think, oh, well, that's no different than what the, I was just done. And, and you find your way back and I'm okay. But, but like we all have those stories. My point is, our, the words have the ability to physically knock us around. One of, the, one of the most untrue things that have ever been spoken in all of time is that sticks and stones can break my bones. Like, what a load of crap! It's the, one of the worst things... Anyway, carry on. Carry on. The warning of James, the warning of Jesus, the harshness of all of it in Scripture is because there is so much at stake. 
Because the other side of it is our words have an incredible, incredible opportunity to do more than we could ever hope or imagine. There is incredible power in our words for good. Proverbs says, a kind word is like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Again in Proverbs, thoughtless words can wound, a wound as deep as any sword, but, it's a, but a wisely spoken word can heal. Hebrews 13, be encouraging to one another daily as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be, may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have the opportunity with our words to build one another up to encourage one another. Ephesians 4, don't let any any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, equally so, I, I gave that example before. Recently, I think, oh, I think it was actually on our... Um, Ash Wednesday gathering, which I, I kind of um denied about doing it because I was kind of very in a very, very um, low place. I felt very discouraged about a couple of different things. Um, and I was kind of like, uh, I don't know if I can handle doing an Ash Wednesday thing and no one turning up. I honestly just don't think I could, could handle that. And then just felt a really, really soft invitation to God. And I, and I got to a place where I was going to do it and I'd be totally happy if no one turned up, I think. <laughs> People turned up, which was great, you know, but I'll never know now. But who knows? But, but what came from that was, and my example of, of good words, or kind words, was someone wrote me an email later, and, and it absolutely changed my mindset. Like, it, it absolutely spoke life into where I was. It absolutely had the power to change the trajectory of my thinking, of where I was. It truly healed a part of, of who I was. And all it was, was an email. That's the power of our words. That's why Scripture seems so harsh about it, because so much is at stake. And all of us, can we all talk? And if we can't talk, can we type? Even like me typing? Like we all have the opportunity. This is all of us here. If we've got a voice, we have an opportunity to speak life and hope and good and healing and encouragement to make a profound difference in someone else's life by the words we choose to speak, by the things we choose to say. And that's, that's our challenge this week. That's this week. What if this week just the people in this room made an effort to speak goodness and kindness and courage? What if we made it a challenge this week that we would say the good things that we think about someone instead of just letting it build? How many times, honestly, put your hand up, that you thought, oh, I should actually say to someone so um, how much I appreciate about them or, or whatever. Anyone had that? 
Anyone not do anything with it? What if this week or next week I asked that exact same question and everyone kept, was able to keep their hand down? What if just for one week, just the people in this room made ever, took every opportunity to speak life into the people that pop into our head or the situations we find ourselves in? Even as simple as seeing someone and saying, oh, you look fantastic today. You have no idea what that could do. What the Holy Spirit could do with that simple encouragement. But so much more. How, how amazing would it be? So, so Lent is a season of fasting. I thought, what if this, this week we fast on complaining? What if this week we fast on criticism, on gossip? Oh, I know no one gossips, but, um, you know, prayer requests. That's what we call it in church circles, you know. <laughs> Sorry. But what if this week we fast on complaining, on criticism, on gossip, on cruel and unkind words? What if this week we fast on slander? What if this week we fast on sarcasm? Ooh, I don't know if I could survive. It's such a daily part of my diet. <laughs> he says, speaking of himself, <laughs> not looking at anyone else. But what if this week we, we fast on, on the banter that we just call, you know, that really is incredibly cutting and can be very cruel. And instead, what if this week what we do is we make a daily make it a daily exercise to speak kindness to the people around us. To tell someone who who you may have just met or someone you've worked with what it is about them that you respect. the qualities or the character um, that you see in them that you really admire? What if each day we would encourage someone in, in something, in some way? That as I said, we would go out of our way this week not to let any opportunity, no thought that pops into our head about something we could say to someone that actually we would, we would act on each and every one of them. What a week it could be. Imagine what God could do with that, just with the people in the room. That's how powerful our words are. We have no idea what a kind word can do, how far it can go, how deep it can go. We have no idea how small a light can dispel so much darkness. And I want to just take a note too, because I'm going to, this is a little bit self-revealing, but hey, whatever. Is, and I want to talk about too, when I talk about our words, is the words that we never actually come out of our mouth, but the words that roll around in our head. I'll let you in on a little bit of a thing of who Lyndon is. I'm, I'm pretty good at actually 
maybe? <laughs> Ask Angela. I'm pretty good at my, my edit from what goes on here to what comes out here. Am I fair-ish? Out of ten? Six and a half? Yeah. But what I'm not very good at is the words that roll around in my head. And man, and, when I, and I found myself a couple of weeks ago, just sort of, I think I was out in the garden, and I, I don't know about you if you do it, but I do it. You have these internal arguments where you just let people have it. And you do it really well. Do you know? Like, you just go for it. And it's going well. And you're proud of yourself because it's like you're really just all guns blazing. You know? There's a few knowing giggles. The rest of you are like, I think you need medication. <laughs> um, but anyway, which I probably do. Um, but anyway, I found myself like, and then what happens is, that one argument goes into, oh, yeah, and then there was this, and then you have another argument, and then you go. And, and I found myself spending a decent amount of time, and it, all of a sudden, my mental real estate is fully focused on, on everything that's unkind, everything that's cruel, everything that's slanderous, everything that's hurtful. And so what I did was just like, God, I don't want to be like this. So I just started praying. I started praying blessing over every one of, this is all in my head. Like I just, I think I just looked normal out in the garden, but this is all going on unspoken. But for some of us, I think we need to hear, take all that I've just said about words and apply it to the words that roll around in your head. And I, so I, what I did was pray blessing and hope and prosperity on every single one of the, of the focuses of my previous arguments. And you know what? I felt better. I felt lighter. I felt more joy. And I was proud of myself. Like I was proud of, of this works. This, this really works. Why don't we stand? The great thing is, as I've read um, in James, please don't hear this and think you can do this on your own. Because this isn't a you thing. This is a you and the Holy Spirit thing. This is a you and the wisdom of a generous father who has more than you could ever hope or imagine thing. It's not a you being good enough thing. So Father, as we stand before you and in your presence, we ask for your wisdom. As we soberly consider your words in Scripture about the power of our words. Even now, as we call to mind maybe the things that we've said that have hurt, the slander that we've spoke about someone else, the things that we've, we've posted about out of insecurity or out of fear or out of anger, of all the times that we got it wrong, we ask for your wisdom. We ask for your courage 
that this week things would change. This week our words would build up. And I pray, Father, that you would remind us over and over and over again to encourage one another, the power of our words. Holy Spirit, would you bring to mind now people that you have for us to encourage? This week, would our words be the very key to unlock chains that are around people's lives? This week, would our words be a light in very dark places? Would you use us this week, Lord, to speak hope? To speak courage? To speak life? And where we've gotten it wrong, God, would you forgive us? where we've been careless and cruel and unkind, would you forgive us? And would you give us an opportunity to speak life, hope, love? Amen. Wonderful. All right. Go out. Embrace the challenge this week of Lent. Enjoy the season of fasting. Say hello to someone now. Encourage someone. Maybe give set up people a hand, especially since I'm on setup. Um, and enjoy a coffee. Say hello to someone and have a wonderful week. Look forward to hearing your stories. Maybe jot them down too. I'd love to hear some stories. It'd be fantastic. Thank you.